0: Coming your way live on a Tuesday night here at Malawi's. Welcome to BYU Basketball. Dave Rose here on the New Skin, Cougar, IMG Sports Network, KSL News Radio, BYU Basketball's Facebook live page. Good to have you with us tonight and every Tuesday from seven to eight here at Malawi's. I am Greg Grubel, joined as always by the head coach of the Cougars. Dave Rose and uh, Coach Rose, we're on the uh, downhill side of our season of shows, and and we're about a third of the way through the conference season, so we're going through phases here, and uh, you're sitting at at four and two uh, through six games after last week, which is kind of where you've been uh, the last number of years, different ways to get there uh, year to year, and last week was one of those uh, split decision weeks, uh, a home win, a road setback. How do you look back on last week and uh, how it sets you up for what's to come?
1: Well, I mean, we we played two teams that were uh, you know very similar in in how they how they play as far as their off the offensive end, and, and I think defensively, um, you know, San Diego was much better uh, the, the, the night that we played them than San Francisco was, and we, we were able to score quite a few points against San Francisco and come out with a win. And our situation in San Diego was. Very similar to how it's been for years as you get to the three, you know, two three minute mark and you, know, you got to make plays and win the game. And at the, the two fifty six mark, it was 73-71 and uh, we had a really difficult time executing down the down the stretch. And uh, I think we, you know, we saw a lot of uh, of uh, you know youth in that group and new. You know, we had Elijah in there, which is new for us, trying to close out games and. Uh, you know, we 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 end up getting one shot from each guy. It seemed like you know, Leoli had his shot, and then he, he had the shot, and had the ball knocked out of bounds, and then T.J. took a shot, and Linden. I mean, uh, L.J. had a shot, and it, it was you know an, an interesting way for us to go down the stretch. And and what you have to really be pleased with these guys is that they they all want to uh, you know to make the play to to, to try and win a game, but. Uh, we, we need to be way more uh, together as a group in order to get that done. And so, uh, you know, disappointing loss, and, and uh, you know, all losses are disappointing, and hopefully one loss doesn't leave to, lead to another, and that's what this week is all about is trying to, you know, focus our, our sights on uh, the next goal at hand. And I, and I think one of the real difficult things, uh, you know, for the players is uh, that you got a couple teams in our league that uh, are just, you know, really um, – consistent and, 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 and you know you, you get a couple losses in league and you start thinking my gosh you know how are we gonna how are we going fix this and uh, the only way you really can see it happen is if you do it yourself you know and and uh, because it's it's a uh, uh, you know kind of uh, it over the course of uh, the, the years we've been in the league that uh, it's a difficult challenge I mean these guys are proving to be really good
0: how do you think the rest of the league views BYU now that you've been through it a number of years and you credit those teams that you mentioned for kind of taking care of business and very few losses that maybe they quote unquote shouldn't have how do you think the rest of the teams view you play you and treat you now that you've been in this uh, number of years
1: well most of the coaches wonder how in the world we do it by losing guys all the time and you get the guy like Zach Selius. it's one of the you know, your top three or four players on your team and then he leaves on a mission and then comes back and you got guys that uh, you know, go on missions after you sign them and they, need, they don't see them for three years. And so, uh, you know, I, I do know when I talk to a lot of coaches, you know, they that's usually, you know, for the four new coaches, probably the first or second conversation that we had, that's usually what they're talking about, you know, is, is how that happens. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, um, you know, they they, they probably – Like like most teams, and they probably don't really enjoy making the trip over here, and they look forward to us coming and filling their gym uh, when we come back over there.
0: You get a lot of fans that show up in the other teams' gyms. Do you think sometimes the the home team, when they hear the BYU fans, get a little fired up because of that?
1: Well, you know, I don't know. I I hope they keep coming because I like them in there, and and I think that some places have kind of priced the BYU fans (laughs) out of it, you know, uh, as far as – uh, you know the BYU game is sometimes three or four times more expensive than any other game, except the Gonzaga game. Um, but I, you know, I, I do, uh, I do think that, uh, you know, for the, the the five years that we've been in this league, that it's a uh, a great, uh, you know, a great league as far as, you know, trying to get your team ready and get prepared to play in postseason, and and hopefully we can, uh, we can find kind of a magic formula here to get these guys going.
0: Having coached to six seasons as the head coach in the Mountain West Conference, now having a sixth season here in the West Coast Conference, what about the league grind is the same from league to league? And what's maybe different or more challenging even in the WCC compared to the MWC where you won a lot of titles?
1: Well, you know, I think the consistency of the top teams are really, really good here. I I think that in the Mountain West Conference, it kind of flipped around. And I, I was in the Mountain West Conference as an assistant for quite a few years before that. And. And it seemed like there was a, you know, and parody is probably not the right word, but, but uh, you know, there were championships won by, uh, you know, by different teams uh, year after year. You didn't have one team. But this conference has turned into very similar to the Big 12, uh, where Kansas is trying to win their 14th conference championship, and uh, the same here with Gonzaga, and 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 and, and that's, uh, you know, I, I think that's. It's good for a league. I don't know if it's really healthy, uh, but it's good to, that you ha- you keep trying to uh, bring everybody else, you know, up to that level. But um, it's uh, it's a, you know it's a real challenge, and especially especially the depth of of what you need compared to the depth of what they have, and that's the hardest thing I think is trying to find.
0: You know, I did a breakdown uh, since you've been in the West Coast Conference. Nine different Pac-12 teams have finished in the top three. Seven different Mountain West Conference teams have finished in the top three there, and in our league, just the four. It's the big three, and one year USF snuck in there and got a tie for second with you. Mm-hmm. And so if you took it, take a look at just the Western leagues that we're kind of familiar with, it's really kind of unique and different what's happening here in the WCC.
1: Yeah, and it's a you know, compliment, obviously, to Mark and, and what he's done. And now Randy's got a, a nice group. But Randy had a, a tough year a couple of years ago You know where uh, you know, he – didn't have the kind of year that, you know, he's having these last two years. And last year was tough on He won 29 games and didn't get in a tournament. And that was pretty discouraging for him, too. But, you know, the bottom line is is that it's a it's a very challenging league. It's different. The travel's different. Uh, but uh, the, the the feel of trying to compete and win championships is every bit as difficult as um, any league I've ever coached in. And, and, and the one thing I've always said is as a high school coach, as a junior college coach, the hardest league in the country to win – is the league that you're actually coaching in because it feels like it's really tight.
0: So uh, last night, uh, I, was, uh, I, was, I was doing some social media last night, and, um, I, and this is one of my tweets from just yesterday. Dave Rose often says, <laughs> the toughest league to win is the league you're in. Yeah, that's exactly and so right. I quoted you accurately, didn't I? <laughs> yes, you did. All right, uh, this is Dave Rose and BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. We're back with more after this here at Malawi's on the new Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. That was BYU in San Francisco last Thursday here in Provo. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose here on the new Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Coming your way from Malawi's Pizza here in the shops at Riverwoods for a fast, healthier, and family-friendly dining experience, come to Malawi's Pizza and enjoy any of our gourmet pizzas, pastas, salads, and dessert pizzas located in Provo, Lehigh, and Spanish Fork, we're on KSL News Radio, where you can hear us. You can also get us on the BYU Cougars app, stream us on the radio there, and uh, see us on BYU Basketball's Facebook Live page with you every night, every Tuesday night from seven to eight. We'll take uh, questions for Coach Rose a little later on in the show. You can tweet them to us uh, using the hashtag Rose Show, or go to the BYU Basketball Facebook Live broadcast and use the comments section there. Greg Rubel with the coach, Dave Rose, Terry Nashif, BYU. Assistant head coach will be joining us a little later on in the program as Terry joins us for a couple of segments this week. It is BYU again, home and road uh, at 4-2 and two in conference. Uh, you bring in Pepperdine on Thursday, head to Stockton to take on Pacific on the weekend. And uh, it's unusual to see Marty Wilson's Pepperdine team where they are currently in the standings here in the WCC.
1: Yeah, Marty's had some uh, some injury issues to deal with. And, uh, and then he lost, you know, he, he lost a couple pretty really good players who had a ton of experience Jet Rains and Stacy Davis were two guys that were just kind of pillars there for they played a lot of minutes as a freshman as freshman and then all the way through and uh, you know with uh with the Edwards kid that he broke his jaw and uh um their guard Nomadi he, Uniti. Uh, he tore his Achilles yep. and and uh and so uh, I, I think Edwards actually has a chance to come back sometime. I don't know when that'll be. And then he's had some other issues that, that uh, have caused guys to miss certain games. Or Gearing we, was one we, of know, them. And he's yeah. Seems he had a concussion. Seems to be back now. But uh, those are those are all things that we have to deal with. You know, it's uh, it's something that you know we always talk about, and everyone gets tired of hearing the coach say, oh. You know, well, if, if we can avoid in injuries and stay healthy and this, we've got a chance to have a pretty good year. But it's, it's a real thing. I mean, uh, especially when you, you're having those uh, transition kind of seasons where you have a lot of seniors leave and then you're expecting new guys to come in and play big roles. You need all your guys to be healthy uh, in order to find that group that's going to make it uh, kind of a special year for you.
0: You're kind of settling into a rotation with the guys you hope are going to stay healthy the rest of the way. You've kind of gotten your guys back in a way, right, to with with Elijah, maybe not 100%, but on his way, right?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I feel that, uh, that that he's in a position where we can actually try to help him define his role now. And before it was just, let's see if we can get you in the game and see if you can play some you know, uh, pr- pretty productive minutes and find a little bit of your game back. But I still think, I, I really feel like, it might be the latest that uh, we, we've ever been at this time in the season, and still dealing with personnel issues as far as you know what to do with Corb, and you know we thought we had Jamal on a spot, and then he missed a week with the flu, and 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 those kind of issues are are kind of popping up, and I think that it's it it it, it is created you know pretty uh, pretty much from the, from the same issue is that uh, there's a lot of young inexperienced guys trying to find their way and that leads to some real inconsistent play and so trying to find what's going to be the most consistent uh is a real challenge because some nights it's really easy some nights you you sub and whoever you put in whatever happens it just is smooth and then there's other nights when it seems really rough to find the right the right combination and so uh hopefully we can you know narrow in on that and and get a little bit better and uh and become more consistent of a of a team. I think we've been pretty good at home, and mm. our issues have been you know out on the road trying to finish off games. Games, have, you know, seem to be you know come down to uh, three or four minutes in the game, and it's right there to be had, and we got to figure out a way to get them all.
0: It seemed like on the road this past weekend the vibe of the guys uh day before or shoot around was a really positive optimistic feeling vibe and then you take what you take on Saturday how have the guys kind of bounce back conceptualize that and refocus themselves well, we, for this week. We've
1: been through this a couple times now and uh and going into the game this 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 group is really confident and they're really positive and I think they're prepared and they, I think they really uh you know accept all of the uh information that's given as far as scatter reports and game plans and all those kind of things and and I think they're surprised when when things don't work out and and it's a it's a tough couple days and the Saturday ones are really difficult because you you don't see them on Sunday and it's a long it's a long period and uh, and then you bring them in on Monday and you know you try to get them into a position where you know we're ready to play again on Thursday and those Thursday games that turn around so quick that there's so much emotion involved that I think they really uh, just their competitive spirit and the pride that they have to to you know try and get back on that winning track is what you're what you're really you know dealing with. And then you know when you win a game, uh, you you jump back in that spot where you know let's uh, let's not just you know worry about ourselves. Let's worry about other people. But it seems like the rest of the group but when 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 you get beat most guys go right to themselves and how can we play how can I play better and make us play better as a group and that Sunday is a is a long period of time to try to you know digest all that until you get back on Monday.
0: How have the guys been through the early part of this week?
1: I think well yesterday's a holiday you know so there wasn't school so that was a different kind of practice but um, I thought we were we were okay in practice yesterday today I thought we were much better I thought we were good today Where we had a good look in our eye, and we had after certain things that we're really concentrating on to try to focus in on to be better, and I think the guys have all uh, bought into that, and, and today's practice was uh, I consider to be a good practice. Tomorrow's a big day for us. We can put the game plan in, and then we get rolling.
0: Well, for the better part of uh, two decades in this program, uh, Terry Nashup has been part of the program in one way or the other. He's our guest on the show tonight. And, and yeah, he's, he's one of those guys that's kind of seen pretty much everything, almost everything you've seen uh, during your time at BYU. It's only
1: only been a couple years that, uh, um, you know, for my 20 years that he hasn't been here, either as a player as a coach or as a director of basketball operations. But uh, he's seen a lot. We've seen it together. And, uh, you know, right now he's uh, – he he, i I just think he's one of the really great young offensive minds of uh, this game and you know it doesn't mean to say that there aren't so many other things that he can do but that's the assignment that he is really focused on right now and I, i think that uh over the years we've been one of the best offensive teams you know at least on the west coast so if not the country, and, and hopefully we can continue to do that.
0: And before he had his hand in the offense as heavily as it is now, uh, he was focused – there was a lot more focus on the other side of the ball before that, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so, I, I mean, like I said, I, I think that he's he's uh, fully prepared to uh, – To run his own program, if that opportunity would would ever come for him, and and, uh, hopefully that does.
0: All right, Terry Nashif is our guest on the show. We'll have him coming up right after this. We're brought to you in part by Minky Couture, designer luxury blankets. This is BYU basketball with Dave Rose here on the New Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. We're back at Malawi's after this. Welcome back to Malawi's Pizza here in the shops at Riverwoods in Provo for BYU basketball with Dave Rose here on the New Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Hear us on KSL News Radio. See us. on BYU Basketball's Facebook Live program, We Are Live. And please welcome, with another rousing round of applause, to the program, Terry Nash BYU assistant <laughs> head coach. You're on the program. Thank you for coming on, Terry. It's great to be here, Greg. He's in a tie with Ty Detmer for most popular offensive coordinator in Provo <laughs> these days. Terry, uh, Coach Rose has spoken a lot about your responsibilities and how they do uh, focus on the offensive side of the ball. And while basketball doesn't per se have offensive coordinators, um, would you say that accurately describes where you do most of your work these days, and, and uh, how have you embraced that particular role?
2: Um, I love working with the offense. Coach asked me to do that a few years ago, and uh, coming from the defensive side of the ball, it was, uh, it was great because you know what's really hard to guard, and so we try to take what's really hard to guard and implement that on our uh, schemes and uh, go from there.
0: During a typical off-season, and off-season is maybe not the most accurate term to use with any coach because it seems like you're always in season one way or another, what kind of things would you do um, to increase your offensive repertoire, to expand your playbook for lack of a better term, and and to become a better play caller from year to year?
2: I think one of the biggest things we do in the uh, off-season is we evaluate what what happened the last year. What do we have coming back? What's going to change? Watch a lot of film, watch a lot of different things that we're not able to during the year because we're so focused on our team. So we'll pick a couple of teams and watch what they do, see how their personnel matches up with the personnel we've got coming in, see what we need to change. And it seems like the last few years we've had to change quite a bit. And then obviously last year we had to uh, change a lot with what we had coming back and kids coming in and try to project out what it's going to be like. Where's our mismatches? Uh, What's going to be the hardest thing for the defense to guard? And uh, that's what we do in the offseason.
0: Coach Rose, how much of, of your offense and what Terry calls is kind of philosophically constant year to year? And how much is designed around this guy or that guy on your roster, depending on their strengths?
1: Well, it's mostly designed around five things. And that is the score in transition, score in half-court sets, score on free throws, score on offensive rebounds, and score on out-of-bounds under plays underneath the basket. And that has been consistent for all 12 years that we've been here. That's what we're trying to do. And and some years we're better at some things than others. And right now, uh, there's some real challenges that we have with some things. We're we're not a real offensive. Re- Eric, if er- Eric's one of the best offensive rebounders we've we've had. But we've always had a guard that has been a, a pretty good offensive rebounder on that third guy. Tyler Hawes, Jax has been pretty good at it. Uh, um, and we need to find that to, to help us with some extra baskets. But, you know, there's there's a lot of things that we do. And when we get to the free throw line with this team, we're we're a lot better. And, uh, and we haven't – that has not been the case with some of our teams. You know, getting to the free throw line was not a real advantage for us. And so uh, those are the things I think Terry's talking about is you find what is a strength of the next group that's coming in. And, you know, I've always said that uh, – uh, our transition is, is really hard to guard and, and uh, you know, our half-court sets from year to year. You remember Ty coming off all those screens and he was as good a finisher off of a set play call as I've ever seen, actually. Um, and uh, and then, you know, the, the, the free throws. We, we, we've, we've had a nice run with out-of-bounds plays. This league's got out-of-bounds plays really well. and makes it difficult, but we've got a lot of counters to it. So I think those are pretty consistent and, and then you move from there.
0: Coach, or, or uh, Terry, how much did uh, the uh, Elijah Bryant and Kyle Davis situations force adaptations on the fly with the offense this year?
1: Well,
2: you talked about it. We go all the offseason feeling like um, Elijah's going to be a huge part of what we do. The ball's going to be in his hand a lot. Um, and he's a playmaker, and then all of a sudden he's out. And then you've got Kyle Davis, again, an experienced player, and uh, he isn't there for you. You know, he was a real offensive rebounder he was a guy that could get fouled he's a guy that could finish around the basket and uh, he could create mismatches and and those guys are out and so we're just kind of on the fly getting through things getting better at certain things changing different things and uh, we're making some progress in a lot of different areas
0: coach alluded to it a moment ago you're one of those teams that has made about as many free throws as your opponents have attempted whenever you play those kind of teams you know you've got a handful to deal with and so now you are one of those kinds of teams how nice is it To have uh, the guys making most of your plays being also guys who are excellent free throw shooters
2: it's a it's a real advantage coach talks about penetrating the ball a lot uh last year we would space the floor and have our guards really drive in there this year we can throw that thing into eric and uh, that's the way that we penetrate the ball and when you're shooting and on attack then you're going to get fouled especially with the changes in the rules they changed them a few years ago they changed them back they changed them again this year and uh, we we take that into account in the off season as well. How can we get to the free throw line? And then sometimes you always want to get there because you want to get the other team in foul trouble. But this year you get there, and you're you can really count on points.
0: I have some sense of how how deep your your, your play sheet or your call sheet may go. But what for for fans out there who aren't aware, how much in the course of a game is is your team uh, doing? What they're you know taught to do or trained to do philosophically and how much are individual plays or sets that require specific execution for that situation
2: i think there's a lot of things to go into you go into a game and a lot of teams in this league the more plays you run the more team you get involved then that actually plays to their strengths we try to find isolation things and you know st mary's for instance is an example of that where we were on attack and we were actually playing pretty efficiently offensively where we felt like we could get into a few guys and then if you start setting a bunch of screens and running different plays then that plays into their hands. It gets their team involved and you want to isolate individuals. Then you get other games where you want to, you know, set screens and really um, you can execute things. So we go into a game plan knowing what's going to work against them, try to pick out individuals where they're not as good on the ball defenders or they're not as good team defenders. And then as the game starts going, then they've, you score a few times, and they say, okay, well, let's counter it this way, and so we'll drop in the huddle. We feel like this is going to work. A uh, big thing for us is when we come out of halftime, we feel like we need to get a layup, or we need to get an open shot, and uh, that's been pretty good for us. These guys are really coachable, and uh, they're really good at executing things that we just draw up in the huddle.
0: Coach Rose, whether a play works or a play doesn't work, you can never tell from this guy because he has the most chilled out, constant, steady demeanor on the sideline of anybody I've ever seen. The emotion's very uh, calm with him. Um, how much of that is just kind of who Terry is? And, and is that pretty remarkable to see a guy that is just kind of that level, regardless of what's going on
1: in the game? Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. And it's, it's uh, very, very unique. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of emotion on the sideline. and sometimes you, you you try to you know curtail that and control it and, and, and make the guys feel like you know we, we actually are under control and know what we're doing and then there's other times where you really feel like they need uh, some energy and some excitement to, to, to try and get them going but uh, you know I, I really think that uh, the uh, the kind of the brilliance in Terry is his ability to take that uh, group of you know, sets that we have and then narrow it down to the defense that we're going to see and use that group that night. But it still comes down to guys. The guys got to make plays. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes you, you you make a call and you get it right where you want and everything's working good and then it goes off their hand and it's out of bounds. Or they shoot it and it's just a little short and comes off and, uh, you know, you, you go away empty-handed when you got everything right, you know. So it's... These players are the are the guys that are making these plays, and they've got to, uh, you know. And, and then I'll tell you what's what's really interesting is kind of our style and what we do, and you bring a whole bunch of new guys in, and then you play some games, and then you start calling some stuff, and you get guys looking over like, well, what's going on, you know. And that takes experience and guys to be able to understand and trust and, and all those kind of things and stay together. And, and uh, it's uh, – and then, you know, you add a new player. And for us, we're trying to add two new guys with Corbin and Elijah. And, and everybody's looking around how, seeing how they're going to fit. And this is the, to me, I say it's the ultimate team game. And really, I coach football and baseball a little bit, and a little bit of track. But uh, this is what I've done my whole life. And, and, you know, when you're not substituting offensive and defensive, so, I mean, these guys are in there and you have to be able to – be together and almost think like each other and for each other. Uh, and, and that's what makes you know all of this really tick. and And we're trying to kind of going through some uh, adjustments as far as that part of the game is concerned.
0: Terry Nashif is our guest on the program tonight as we head to break. Uh, where's uh, intern Phil? Phil's got the wireless microphone. Normally, the wireless mic uh, we bring out later in the show just for coach Dave Rose. But occasionally you get a guest so intriguing that uh, the audience members want to ask a question on the wireless mic. And so it is. That our good friend Andy Isom, former BYU baseball player, in the crowd, with his beautiful and talented wife Taylor, a BYU women's soccer All-American. By the way, Taylor is here with Andy. Andy has a question for Terry Nashif. Andy, I was not expecting that introduction. So thank you. Best <laughs> that I could do for you.
2: Yeah. A um, couple of questions for Terry about inbounds plays. I was just curious. Uh, the first question would be about how many inbounds plays do you have in the playbook? And then to follow that up. Where do you get inspiration for inbounds plays, like the NBA, other teams, or do you just kind of draw on a whiteboard? Andy, thank you. Um, I love inbounds plays. Um, coach, it's one thing that he emphasizes a lot. We practice inbounds plays all the time. We did it today. Um, we have basically six inbounds plays, and then we have a counter to all of those. And so if you're going to guard a man-to-man, We'll have a counter to it if you're going to switch. We've got a counter if you're going to play zone, Then we've got some things that work for that. And I think that is actually what helps your team is if you have the same ones that you go over and over again, and then you just tell them which ones are going to work, and then they know what to look for. And uh, that's what we do. And then we've got great players like Coach talked about. And uh, there's one additional thing that he talked about that I'd like to mention is you call a bad play, a guy makes a shot, and then that works too.
0: You can go the other way. Andy, thank you. We'll take a break. When we come back, it is this week's 10-question pop quiz that uh, Terry Nash takes a run at right after this. This is BYU Basketball with Dave Rose on the new Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network back after this. Week's win over San Francisco at the Marriott Center. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose here on the New Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Hear us on KSL News Radio. See us on the BYU Basketball Facebook Live page. Terry of BYU Assistant Head Coach, is our guest. Coach Dave Rose with me till the top of the hour. Uh, Coach Rose, uh, I mentioned uh, uh, Terry's calmness of demeanor, but uh, that, that controlled emotion. Uh, should not betray any lack of comp- competitiveness. Uh, Terry's as competitive as they come, and and you saw it as a player at BYU uh, for four years in the backcourt.
1: Well, it's it's very similar to uh, to the personality he had as a player. I mean, he, he competed at, at the highest level day after day. You talk about a consistent a guy who was really consistent with his effort coming every day, and and then you know it was interesting to. Uh, to have him go straight from uh, I was the assistant coach and got the head job and he was a player and then my first year hired him as the director of basketball operations which isn't a basketball job per se you're around all the players you're around the coaches but you're doing uh, a lot of non basketball things uh, logistically just to make everything work and and to watch his demeanor kind of uh change a little bit pretty high strong pretty uh um, attention to detail uh you know making sure that uh it worked and and you know he, he would get there early and and drive all the routes and figure it all out and make sure that we had it all down perfect and that was a, a pretty impressive to me to watch a, a guy that has been so competitive but then to see him be so detail-oriented in his preparation and then a couple of years later we got him on the staff and then it's been good ever since
0: He would even make sure the radio guy had a hotel room, you know. (laughs) That was was really important, and (laughs) his Marriott number was in there, correctly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, uh, time for the attempt question pop quiz. Uh, Terry Nashville, question number one. Utah's state nickname is the Beehive State. What are the state nicknames for Washington and South Carolina?
2: Wow, that's where we're (laughs) going (laughs) to go.
0: Washington, known as the blank state. I don't know. If I said the Evergreen State, would that sound correct? That's correct. That That's correct. actually my
2: high school, which is embarrassing. Yeah,
0: I know. He did go to Evergreen High School in Vancouver, Washington. He's from Washington, folks. Uh, served a mission in South Carolina. So South Carolina is the what state? I don't know.
2: Palmetto. Palmetto.
0: Palmetto. Palmetto. Take You're, that. Okay, we'll take it. We'll okay. <laughs> take that, the, Ribs. The Palmetto State. Uh, better late than never on that ga- one. Uh,
1: <laughs> he would say the Gamecock State. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: the Clemson Tigers State right now.
0: All right, here we go. Against which team did you record your BYU single-game career high in scoring? San Diego State. San Diego State. That was in 2003. BYU won 80-69 behind a, bli- a blistering hot three-point performance to start the game from Terry Nashif.
2: Number three. They actually think that I'm a good basketball player. That staff when we talk to him because they think, <laughs> I
0: think they that's say, what you know. I did. I'm like, that's actually not what I did. <laughs> your specialty. Uh, number three. Who's your favorite professional men's tennis player and why?
2: Ooh. Ooh. Djokovic is unbelievable. His impersonations. Um, Agassi <laughs>
0: with the swoosh.
2: I love tennis. Um, probably, probably Agassi.
0: Okay, you played tennis in high school as well?
2: I did. I actually did uh, play tennis in high school. Were you decent? I was. I would uh, just hit the ball back. The other team or the other guy would get uh, pretty frustrated, and eventually you hit it in the net or out, and then you'd go. When I got someone that was really talented, it was, it was a problem.
0: Qu- question four. This investment term is defined as? Dividing your investments among different categories, such as stocks, bonds, and cash. Diversify. Diversify is acceptable. We also would oh, also take asset allocation. Oh, okay. We would also take asset allocation. <laughs> oh, okay. We'd also take asset allocation.
2: You're a big, big asset allocation guy, yeah.
0: aren't you? Uh, Terry dabbles in investments. Uh, there's a reason for all of the madness here. Uh, number five. What was the team nickname of Stephen Bayo's high school team in Richland, Washington? The Bombers. The Bombers. They
2: had sweet warm-up pants. They were gold and green stripes. And uh, it was the way that it was when we played them uh, when I was in high school, and they still have them.
0: (laughs) It's like the old Indiana warm-ups, but considered green and gold. Exactly. All right. Uh, Number six, choose your favorite screen from these four. Down screen, flare screen, cross screen, back screen. You can choose from down screen, flare screen, cross screen, or back screen. Your favorite. Pin down. And not, not one of the options. I almost put it's in the down. a form of down screen. Okay. The pin
2: down tie. Coach talked about tie. And if you set tie a pin down screen and got him the ball, you've all seen the spot we'd get him. We had about 20 different plays to get him the ball <laughs> in that spot off a of pin down, and he was magic.
0: Okay, so we'll go with down screen. Uh, number seven, how did you end up pin with down. your jersey number of number 10 at BYU?
2: Oh, that's a great story. So I came in, I walked on, made the team. Uh, it was a huge deal for me. And uh, they said, okay, pick three numbers that you would like to be. And so I said, okay, great. I'd like to be, uh, first off, number 20. If not, number 12. And then if not, number 12, then number two. And they said, okay, perfect, you'll be number 10. <laughs> <laughs> True story.
0: That's, that, that's how it works with the walk-ons. Uh, here's what you And I said, yeah. great. Yeah, uh, for, uh, question eight. For which two FBS schools did Russell Wilson play football?
2: Uh, why were you gonna go to Russell Wilson <laughs> right now?
0: So fresh Um, in the memory. Wisconsin and... Proceeding Wisconsin was? Um, Marshawn Lynch went to Cal. I'd rather go there. Mm. (laughs) This uh, school was in the ACC? NC State. NC State. Way to go. Uh, Terry's a bit of a Seahawks fan. Uh, Number nine. Nike unveiled its latest Air Jordan shoe in the fall of 2016. How many Air Jordan releases have there been? This was Air Jordan number what? 31 Tw- Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Air Jordan, thirty-one. And finally, which three Utahns are fully exempt on the PGA Tour in 2016-17? Summer this Hayes, season? Finau, and Blair. There you go. Summer <laughs> Hayes, Finau, and Blair. Three for three. How about a hand am Terry going to Nash, see Hayes at the Masters. <laughs> You're going to the Masters this year? Yep. That'll be a once-in-a-lifetime experience unless you go there again. Have you already been there before? <laughs> I have never been, but
2: I'm really excited to go. Go Ter- from the Final Four to the Masters.
0: Terry's a man of many interests, uh, varied uh, uh, areas of expertise and acumen, we've and we've seen a bit of them tonight. Again, thanks to Terry Nash for back with more BYU basketball. Dave Rose here on the new Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network back to Malawi's Pizza here in the shops at Riverwoods for BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. Good to have you with us here on the New Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network, KSL News Radio, BYU Basketball, Facebook Live. brought to you in part by Smith's Market Fresh Groceries, fresh food for your family, and fuel for your vehicle. Low prices, Market Fresh at Smith's. Greg Rubel with Dave Rose. Our thanks to Terry Nash for joining us tonight before we get to our live audience questions. A question coming in from uh, Facebook from Cheryl and Coach Rose, the 1-3-1 defense looks to be effective. What's the percentage of stops you get on 131
1: you know I'm I, I, I try to this I, I don't know how people will perceive this but for me uh, analytics uh, changes the way that I think about how I coach teams and I I coached mostly all by feel I've been doing it forever this way and so uh, I'll study it before the game and try to find out what I think uh, will will really work well uh, but as far as um you know the actual points per possession and all those things i leave that to terry and uh and quincy and in in the, the, the two sides of the ball and then i just kind of but I, I do know that uh there are times when we go to that strategically uh because we've planned it and we want to do that and there's other times we go to it because uh we're just trying to find something that will work and that's kind of what happened at lmu is we went into that thing late in that second half and we, we tried three or four different things and they were kind of you know torching us and this this deal we got on it and it started to really cause them issues and, and you can look past over the years where uh, in the second half especially I don't like to run a lot in the first half because coaches can actually go in and draw up everything and how they're going to attack it and what they're going to do with it obviously uh, when you get into this league and and they know that it's part of our package and we can use it uh, and so uh, you know they uh, they they prepare and plan for it but Preparing and plan for it and then playing against mm-hmm. it is way two different things.
0: Intern Phil has our wireless microphone. Time for some Q&A here with the audience. Uh, Phil, who do we have first?
1: All right,
2: first one we got up is Kate. Do you think your starting five or your eight-man core rotation might change over the rest of the season?
1: You know, that's a good question. If you've watched us over the years, it usually does. Uh, you get to this point, and and uh, sometimes it's, it's, it's set and it just, you know, moves all the way through and then there's other times when uh, when you know guys they they need other they need a, a, another guy to help them get through it and and that's kind of where i've always you know pr- try to prepare the new guys coming in that Hey, this is a great time for you because there's a, a senior in this position or there's a junior guy that's got a lot of experience and it can help you through you know the, the course of a season. They don't really like to hear that in recruiting because they want to be the guy all the time but when they get here they actually realize that it's pretty nice to have uh, you know somebody there that's been through it before in their position. but I, I would say with this group I think that you'll probably see some real change in the next uh, um, you know six or seven weeks that we, we go through just because we're still trying to find our way.
0: Okay, uh, before the break, Phil.
1: Yeah, we got Cameron has a question for us.
0: What will the
2: team do differently defending the three-point shot?
1: Well, I think each game is is the challenge, you know. And, uh, you know, the other night in uh, the San Francisco game, you know, we switched a lot of things to get to those shooters. And, you know, the percentage wasn't very good, but they shot 33 threes. I mean, that's a – that's a ridiculous number of, of, and we're going to see a lot of that. That's what this league is. It's a lot of three-point shooting teams, and and the other night against San Diego, you know, one of the real issues is, uh, uh, you know, the Carter kid just got really rolling. It's a team that makes seven threes a game, and they made 12 against us. And so, um, you know, the, the 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 biggest thing is to execute the the preparation because you know we we had all of the places where they were coming from. Uh, we worked on it. We didn't have a lot of time between you know Thursday and Saturday, but uh, you know the kids knew they just need to be better at, at executing it, and and uh, I think that uh, every game there'll be you know a different adjustment to try to stop that. But uh, most of it is uh, is you know a ball ball uh, dribble penetration. So when we give up dribble pen- penetration and we help. They find those uh, those three point shooters, and we got to do a better job of contesting them and getting back to them.
0: By the numbers, uh, BYU is one of the better, uh, well, the best three point defensive team in the league, and one of the top forty teams in the country in a pretty good three point shooting league, uh, the West Coast Conference. Uh, Phil, one more question after the break, is that right? We'll take a break. We'll come back more from the audience after this. BYU basketball, with Dave Rose here on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Welcome back to Malawi's here in Provo for BYU Basketball. Dave Rose here on the new skin, Cougar IMG Sports Network. Greg Grubel, Dave Rose, Cougar fans here at Malawi's with us at Tuesdays 7 to 8. Uh, our friend uh, Ben Criddle over at ESPN 960, a question about uh, your scoring on the inbounds plays or the out-of-bounds plays. Percentage-wise, notwithstanding, do you think you do a better job than most teams on scoring off of inbounds plays based on what you see from other I, teams?
1: Well, I, I think that... Uh you know, the time that we spend, and in, 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 as far as a uh, priority, we do for sure. I mean, when, when guys call me in the offseason or I see them on the road recruiting and they ask what we do and how much time we spend at it, uh, they're really surprised because a lot of teams don't. They, they get that thing, and all they want to do is get it inbounds and then get it back out and run what they – they don't want to spend specific time at it. But we spend a lot of time at it, and – Probably most of the scores, the actual scores that we have, are off of counters because you mm. know what they're going to do and how they're going to guard it. Teams are pretty consistent in that play of how they want to defend that inbounds play. And uh, and so you, you can kind of bait them into a certain thing. And then and Terry's really good, he didn't mention, but but really good at uh, counter to the counter because you know how they're going to guard it, and then you know how to guard the counter, and then you draw up a special play late in the game, especially we had one against Gonzaga last year, I remember at their place, that it was it was really wild how it kind of produced itself. But we knew that these were the two things that were going to happen and, and uh, worked really well for us late and kind of won us the game.
0: All right, that's going to do it then for our Q&A for this week. We appreciate the questions both on social media and from here at Malawi's. We'll take our final break. We'll come back with some uh, words about the week ahead for BYU. Pepperdine home on Thursday at Pacific on the Road Saturday here on BYU Basketball with Dave Rose on the new skin, Cougar IMG Sports Network. All right, uh, back here at Malawi's BYU Basketball with Dave Rose here on the New Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Thanks to our fans for being out here with us. We've got about 30 seconds, Coach Rose, to look ahead to the week ahead, Pepperdine Thursday and uh, Pacific on Saturday, home Thursday, on the road Saturday.
1: Yeah, well, we know the drill. We've done it uh, twice already, and and, uh, I think that uh, hopefully we can, uh, you know, we can play well on, on Thursday, and that's really all we can really concentrate on right now. Pepperdine's a team that plays well in our, our building they got three really good scores uh, in Lamont Murray he's scoring he's the leading scorer in the league in conference games and Chris Reyes a guy that around here people know that played the Utah for quite a few years and then Jeremy Major, another guard that's really uh, caused us some issues. So we got our hands full. Looking forward to a big weekend. Hopefully we'll have a great crowd.
0: All right, folks, we'll see you out there at the Marriott Center hopefully on uh, Thursday, 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock tip for BYU and Pepperdine. Thanks for being here tonight for BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. We'll talk to you next Tuesday here on the new Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Good night.